Hey, well, I think I spoke too soon last week when I was talking about the beauty that is the winter wonderland. Um, comes back with a vengeance now a week later. Uh, glad you guys are here this morning. So um, I plowed my driveway this morning and began driving out uh, in anticipation of coming here. Got out to our main street that hadn't been plowed yet, and my car did not move. Uh, just continued to spin. My front-wheel drive vehicle did not move. So instead, uh, I pulled it back in and uh, hitched a ride here with a close, <laughs> close person in our life, Fred. Thank you, Fred, for helping us get here this morning. Uh, before we jump in, uh, just exciting stuff uh, taking place. Uh, yesterday, uh, our kids' ministry put on what I, what I thought was a great family night at Hillcrest, an escape room edition, and, um, and you could see our team there. Uh, Eden was a lot of help down there. She was just, just really helping the team go forward. You ever gone kayaking with your spouse or, or a significant other, and it's almost like a, a team-building exercise that reveals a, a lot about uh, your relationship? Uh, I think in the same way, we got to see a lot of our team dynamic, our family dynamic, as we were trying to figure out all the clues uh, and learned a lot about all the room we have to grow um, in coming together as a family. But our kids' ministry did a great, great job putting this on for us. Uh, pretty special. And, um, and in that, before we get into the text this morning, uh, I, I just love peeling back and trying to see the forest for the trees, because Peter is going to take a turn next week. Um, there's going to be a section, chapter 2, 4 to 10. He's going to turn slightly before he makes a significant turn in his letter in verse 11. But there's, there's some big ideas that he's wrapping up here today. And so I just want to make sure we're all on the same page as we jump into this final command here in this first section. He, he's been talking about this idea of who we are, right? We are, we are exiles, these elect exiles. And he tells us all about what we've experienced. And, and then he goes in and he makes these commands to be hopeful, to be holy, to be afraid of not being hopeful. And last week, he challenged us out of holiness to love others. And then this morning, he's going to have a compelling command to love the word. But he uses a unique, a unique metaphor, a unique simile that has become, a unique word picture that has become uh, fami increasingly familiar to us recently because he's going to talk about loving the word the same way a newborn longs for spiritual milk. And that has become a lot more clear for us um, recently. So if you're unfamiliar with our story, um, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, this is hard to believe, um, we were married, Casey and I got married in 2009. Man, does that feel like forever ago? I'm getting old. Does it feel like I'm getting old? Oh, man. We had some students in the, uh, in the first service nod vigorously. They said, yes, yes, you're getting old. And so nine years ago, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, so we got married nine years ago. We had just gotten back from Kosovo. We spent a year in Eastern Europe from 2011 to 2012. And, and while we were in Eastern Europe, we began exploring the idea of growing our family. And, um, and, and it 
appeared that it wasn't happening. I mean, you have in your mind, right, how this process is supposed to go. You know, you, you find the love of your life, you get married, and if you want to pursue and grow your family, you, you next believe you have kids, and there's this kind of expectation in your head. So we get back from Kosovo, and, and that expectation was going unfulfilled. It wasn't happening in the timing that we had envisioned. And so we pursued, uh, we went to a fertility clinic and began pursuing to grow our family that way. Um, which exposed all kind of ethical issues that we had to navigate and how that would work out. We decided to, to do an egg harvest rather than create embryos immediately like this fertility doctor was recommending. So instead, we kind of went round by round and we did about four rounds, I believe. Casey can correct me. I believe we did four rounds and it wasn't happening. And, and so the doctor was baffled. He said, I, I don't understand why this isn't happening. We're doing everything. Everything seems to be going right, but we're not actually making that next step. And we, we both looked at each other after about that fourth round and said, we understand why this isn't happening. This isn't God's design for us to grow our family this way. And so we ended that and began pursuing uh, the foster adopt route. And uh, we had three other little babies that came in and out of our homes uh, until uh, these three beautiful babies, Mari, Dari, and Hudson, uh, have landed in our home. And uh, we got to grow our family through this, uh, this other means of, of adoption. And so when we were coming to Wisconsin... We got rid of all our baby stuff. I mean, it was gone, right? I mean, cribs, we're just giving this stuff away. I mean, this is no longer in our mind that this is even remotely a possibility of, of, the, of where our family is going to go. And then we get to Wisconsin, and there must be something in the water out here or something. Uh, because now during COVID, Eden joins our family. And so she was born New Year's Eve. And... Uh, and what do you guys call that in her mouth? What do you guys call that thing? Is that a pacifier? What else? A nook? I heard a nook. Does anybody call it a binky? Is that a thing? That's what I, I, I don't know, it's just, just kind of the term, binky, always, I don't know, it just resonates with me. Um, and so Jim Gaffigan has this, his, this bit he does, and he says, you know, What's it like to add a fourth kid to your family? And so he says, picture like you're drowning. Just picture yourself drowning, and then someone hands you a baby. That's about what it's like to add a fourth kid to your family. I don't know if you guys resonate with that. I had a buddy, he's like, oh yeah, adding a fourth, no big deal. I'm like, it's just like, it's like the same thing. I'm like, he lied to me. <laughs> so... We add this sweet little life and just holding her arms and I have that binky in her mouth because she starts crying, right? What is she looking for? What is, what is she longing for? When she's crying, she wants, she wants something to fill her and that, that binky ultimately isn't it. She wants that nourishment of milk about every three hours. Sometimes six, if we're lucky during the night. The doctor's like, you need to be doing every three hours. Oh, if we can get away with it, six would be nice at night. But that binky is that longing that ultimately wasn't satiated because she wants that milk. Peter this morning is going to capitalize on that, that word picture that we all are aware of. And here's what he calls us to. He says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander like newborn infants. Here's the command, 
long, desire, crave. We ought to crave pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is good. So so here is where we're headed this morning, that Peter's wrapping up this section here, and, and I think he's commanding us to be babies, not in the sense of maybe some of the, the challenges babies have, but in this sense, in a longing for the word of God in the same way a baby longs for milk. But here's our challenge. The problem is that many of us don't. And so Peter's going to give us, I think, three ideas on how we ought to long for the word of God more fully. That he's going to call us to be babies in the sense that we long and crave pure spiritual milk of the word. So pray with me as we jump in. God, you're so good. Thank you for your words through Peter. Help us hear from you a little bit more fully on on how we can experience you as Peter challenges us to, to desire your word a little bit more fully. Thank you, Jesus, for your glory, we pray. Amen. Amen. So here's where we're headed. Here's here's where Peter, I think, is going to take us. He's going to take us with three opportunities to help us experience the word of God more fully. First, he's going to tell us we long for the word of God because the word of God made us alive. Second, he's going to tell us the word of God is something we long for because it is this pathway, this opportunity to greater spiritual maturity. And then third, he's going to challenge us that we long for the word because the word of God enables us to taste the goodness of God. That just like Eden is longing, she's longing for that milk, Peter capitalizes on that. And first he starts with this idea that because the word of God has made us alive, we long for the word of God. Here's what he says, and we're going to go back just to the previous section, because I think he helps us see it in that previous section. Here's what he says. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and abiding word of God for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. This word made you alive. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. We're gonna bookend that and we're gonna save that for the end. We're gonna come back to that. But like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk. And so, so Peter's challenging us with this picture. And, and what I was convicted with this, this past week, how often is Eden longing for that pure spiritual milk? Not yet. But how long is she longing maybe for a, the, the milk that comes from that she's looking for? About every three hours. I was convicted by this. Peter's not saying, man, we should, we should long like once a week, right? Like every Sunday, we should be longing for that milk. Well, about every, every day, right? No, about every three hours, Eden is crying because she wants to be filled. And so in the same way, Peter is challenging us. Because you've been born, you want to what? What do you think happens? 
I mean, do you just, I mean, do you have like this, this system that says, well, I'm bored now, so I think I'm good. I think I'm good for like another couple years. When you're born, you want to what? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you want to eat. You want to eat. So Peter's saying, you've been born again of God so, through the living word, so now you want to fill your life more with this stuff. Because you've been made alive, you now want to eat. I mean, it, 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 he's capitalizing on this power of what it looks like. Because I'm seeing this play out before my eyes about every three hours. And I'm going, man, this, this is something that Peter is challenging us with to long and crave and desire. Because you see it. You ever watch a baby? I mean, they're just like, you see them puckering their lips. They're just, and then all of a sudden, it just turns. It just, all of a sudden, it is full blow, like crying. And I'm like, Casey, where's, Ka where's Casey? Where's Casey? I mean, there's this longing for this milk. And Peter is saying in the same way, because you've been born again, you've been, you've been saved through faith, you long for the word of God. But here's the challenge. Even as I was verbalizing that, we might have been feeling this guilt that that might not be as true in our life. And so trying to think through what are some of the barriers that prevent us from experiencing that more fully? That we all affirm, David, I get it, I get that we should long for this word of God, but that's just not as true in my life. And, and, and it could lead us to feel this overwhelmingly debilitating guilt, or instead we can address some of these barriers. What seem to be those barriers from your guys' vantage point? What prevents us from experiencing that longing for the word more fully? I've missed you guys. I haven't done this in a while, have I? I did this first service, same thing. They were like, oh, does he really want an answer from me right now? Sound about right, Chris? Yes, same response. You guys are off the hook. What are those barriers? What prevents us from experiencing this a little more fully? Ourselves, yeah, yeah, in what way? Yeah, there's other, there's other things that are competing for our attention and affection. Man, I, I've been watching a lot of Survivor lately. I'm like 20 years late to the game, I think. But man, we are hooked. I'm like, man, they just backstab each other right and left. And they, I mean, I don't know how many times you watch the same person swear on their mother and their father and their kids. You're like, at some point, you just got to understand, they are just playing you, right? At some point, you got to figure that. Just, yeah. But the things that compete for our attention, they compete. Potentially good things, but, but we're, we're, we're more inundated or desire more. What else? Distraction, right? Yeah, these things that, that, uh, that, that, that claim to, to be fulfilling. Oh, man. So, yeah. One more. Making a living. Yeah, yeah. Making a living. Kind of fits in that category. If, I mean, these are just realities of life I got to deal with. I got I to go make a living. So here's one that, that I was, I've been struck by in my life, sometimes it feels like I'm just inept or ignorant. Like I, I, I just can't figure this out. Like David, I, I believe, I believe this is the word of God. Like I, I confirm that, I affirm that reality. But sometimes 
understanding this stuff is just hard. It's just complicated, and I, and I get lost and overwhelmed by it. I just feel my inability. I mean, we spend about 30 minutes here on a Sunday, right? Ideally, I'm spending a little bit more time trying to understand, Peter, where are you taking us? God, well, Peter, what do you have for us? Just feeling the limits of my, my ineptness or my ignorance. And then two, we heard it a little bit here. Sometimes I, I just feel bored. There's other things that are more captivating than, than actually saturating my life in this. There's just other things in life that I much would rather be doing. If you're in a NASCAR, you just love watching cars go around on a track. <laughs> if, if you love Survivor, you're just like, who's going to be voted off next? And, and, and we're just bored by it because we think there's other things that are more captivating. And so I love th this idea from John Piper in a book called When I Don't Desire God. And, and he says he sends IOUs to God every single morning as he starts his day to overcome these barriers. He's been, he's been made new, he's been born, and he wants to eat, but there's just this challenge, these barriers. So he, sends, he, he, he says he sends these IOUs to God that he, that he says, he prays, incline my heart to you, not to, not to prideful gain or any false motive. God, incline my heart to desire you more. I want to fight for the joy that's found in experiencing you through, through your word. God, open my eyes to behold wonderful things in your word. God, wake me up to the spiritual reality that exists. Incline my heart and wake me up. Open my eyes to the spiritual reality that exists, that I need the milk of your word. I need that pure spiritual. Open my eyes to that need. And then unite my heart to fear your name. God, I'm aware I have these competing affections in my life, some of which is I want more of you, and other it's, it's like I, I, I'm, I'm, there's other things that are competing. Unite my heart to that unified pursuit of this pure spiritual milk of your word and satisfy me with your steadfast love. Don't let that pursuit go unanswered. So he sends these IOUs to overcome some of those barriers. And, and, and so we're just going to go back one. Ah, we'll keep going. So make made alive leads to this. Second, he says, we long for the word of God because the word of God brings us to greater spiritual maturity. And, and you guys heard me saying this. I'm already interpreting pure spiritual milk as the word. Does anybody have another version other than the ESV? Anybody have the NASB? Christina, you got it? Do you have it open right now? Well, that's no help, Christine. <laughs> Does anybody else have it open by any chance? Because you guys he keep hearing me say the pure spiritual milk of the word. This is the value of translations. The NASB actually adds the pure spiritual milk of the word. We're asking, huh, that's interesting that the translators would add that. Why would they add that? Well, because we looked back at verse 22 and we saw we've been born through the word. Now we eat more of what we've been born of, right? So like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, for what purpose? That by it you may grow up. So, so here's the question. Because if, if you've 
if maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, you could hear the milk of the word and go, oh, well, that's for baby Christians. That's for people that are still early on their journey and and almost give yourself an out on say, well, that's why I don't really crave and desire the word as much anymore because I'm not in that, that early part of my journey anymore. Is that what Peter's saying? Because other authors use this same metaphor to say, you used to need milk, now you need something bigger. But here's the unique thing about biblical authors. Sometimes they use the same word picture and they're using it to accomplish different things. That by it you may grow up. That through the word and pursuing the word, you're gonna grow up. That you are born, you eat, and then you grow. But what does Peter actually say you're growing into? So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into adulthood? No. That by it you may actually grow up into salvation. (laughs) That till he returns or he calls us home... This has been the primary way God has chosen to reveal himself. And Peter's saying, long to experience God through his word. That this is actually the way we get to grow in our ongoing journey of spiritual transformation is by experiencing more of who God is here. That we long for this word because it actually grows us towards salvation. Salvation in the sense of till Jesus returns or he calls me home to be in his presence. This is what God has, this is what Peter is challenging us to in in this journey, to grow in this way. So we long for the word because the word of God made us alive and then it actually helps us grow in greater maturity. This is a way that we get to grow is through the word and then he says, we long for the word of God because the word of God enables us to taste his goodness. Here's what he says. So put away all malice, and we're gonna come back to this here in a second. So put away all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And so Peter has spent some, chap- some time in chapter one telling us about this goodness. So these should be familiar. He, he's, he's saying, if you've tasted these things that I've already told you in chapter one, Here's what he says. If we look back in chapter one, we get to see that God chose us and loved us before we were. That that we actually get to hear that where? Where do you hear that? (laughs) Get to hear that through his word, that God has chosen us. He continues that God made us alive through Jesus. That by faith, we've been reconciled to God, though we're broken sinners, marred by these other affections. Through faith, we have been reconciled and God made us alive through Jesus. And God has an imperishable inheritance waiting for us. Um, That this thing, this faith, this hope, doesn't doesn't wear out. Just recently when we sold our car, our Ford Flex, when we shifted to the Honda, um, we were talking to the guy who was gonna buy it and he, he went and looked underneath our vehicle and then he came up wide-eyed when he, was, when he was looking at me after he came. I'm like, what, what's the deal? He goes, 
do you know there's no rust under here? <laughs> I, I did not know. I had never actually looked under there. And he was so fascinated by that. Why? You know, when we're driving in California, there was no salt and ice and snow hitting the bottom of the vehicle that would cause that vehicle to rust. He, he was so blown away that there was no rust under that vehicle because it was a small indicator of something that was imperishable in compared to a perishable vehicle that he had previously had. Gave me a small taste of this imperishable inheritance that is waiting for us, that we ought to be blown away by, that isn't marred just by our everyday brokenness. And then the prophets and angels are fascinated by the salvation we enjoy. That there are these spiritual beings. He's saying this is the goodness of God. There are spiritual beings that long to watch our spiritual journey play out in the midst of brokenness and sin and this mercy and grace that covers us. And they're just watching this spiritual journey play out. And they're fascinated by that grace that's taking place. And he gives us another one in verse 7. And he's going to develop this a lot more in the second half of his letter. But in verse 7, he says, God uses even the difficult circumstances of our life to draw us to himself so that we find the greater joy that always accompanies trusting him more fully. And so we hope around here at Hillcrest that anonymity isn't a value. That, that we actually want to grow and journey together. And so Chris, would you come on up and just share a little bit with us uh, is that all right, Chris? You're available? <laughs> that an anonymity isn't a value, but rather this desire to be known and grow together. And, and so, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about, about your journey around sure. here. My name is Chris Alder. I started coming to Hillcrest um, just before Christmas in 2019, but I feel like I'm kind of new. We had a little interruption called COVID last year. Um, you know, no one knows when, when someone walks through the doors of a, of a church for the first time what they're going through. And I was going through a lot, um, going through some major life changes at the time, um, struggling with alcohol addiction for several years before I came into, um, came into the church and um, kind of hopped from church to church. I had this feeling, I guess it would be a longing, maybe it was that craving that David was talking about of needing that connection and needing to be around um, a church family. And so um, I felt God saying, yeah, you need to do that. I, I think being able to share struggles with, with each other, I think God was showing me that maybe that's an answer for you to get out of this hamster wheel of addiction. And so I, was, I would visit churches and kind of sit in the back row and be anonymous, like David was saying. So it was very easy to just walk in, um, and nobody really talked to me, and I was, it was okay, because I didn't really want to talk to people, um, and then leave. But when I came here, that was different. It was, um, I was greeted by people. People introduced me to other people that were sitting around me, and you know, made some connections. Um, and it was a great start. You know, I wasn't struggling um, with the addiction. I felt like I was on the right path. And then in March of last year, we have COVID and then we're shut down. And I lost those connections. Um, we weren't meeting together as a group and it was before we were even doing all live streaming services. And, um, and I found myself back in that struggle bus again. Mm. Um, and then I was connected with an online recovery group 
and the leader of that group decided to start a Bible study. So I was doing a Bible study, I guess, I think it was in the summer it started. And it was just, it was like the spark. Um, there was like a light switch that went on in my head that you, know, you need to be in the Word, because this is where you're going to find your life. You're going to find that, that nourishment that David was talking about. And Because when I came in the doors here and struggling with the alcohol, I was not alive. I was so dead inside. Um, so this online Bible study, it's kind of like the light went on, and I, I just learned so much. And you kind of get that craving going where I want more of this. And then, you know, in September, I think it was, we started gathering together, and it was like the study ended, I think, in August, and so the next month, we're able to gather together. And sitting here for the first time, that first Sunday that we were together, God was saying, you know, you need to be you know, connected. You can't just sit here and be anonymous. Um, so I got into a women's Bible study in September, um, and found out that everybody wasn't so scary after all. Um, and it, it's, it's like it got, it got me going again. It's got, it, I found life. You know, through COVID, I think God was teaching me about connection because I felt so disconnected. And I ran back to that, that comfort zone that I had of isolation and, and the addiction. But being connected and being in God's word and studying the word together, um, you get that nourishment and you are alive. And um, so now, you know, I've, I joined the First Impressions team. So now, you know, I'm, I'm greeting people as they come in. Because I want people to know um, what Hillcrest is all about, what, what God can do in their lives. We can share what God has been doing in our lives with them. And, I, you know, whatever struggles people are coming in the door with, you know, we can share those. And, um, and that's why I, I just really... I'm speechless when I think about what David was talking about of how God's word is just so important. That is the daily nourishment and, um, and being connected and not being anonymous. That is just like the key, at least for me, of you know, getting off that, that struggle bus mm. and then getting connected with people. So I'm just glad that I was able to share my story and thank you so much. Mm. Thank you, Chris. And I, I love, I love Chris' story in the sense that uh, in the midst of COVID, there were some challenges that came up and um, he confronted her and she wrestled through some of those challenges. I, I, I don't know what the past um, since March of last year have been for all of you. Um, if you go to the website, there's a new bar on there. Uh, we'd love to hear that. We'd love to hear what God has been doing in your life and your heart over these past few months. Um, that you'd be willing to share your story with the staff and the elders. And then there's a little tab on there that maybe says if you'd like to share it more broadly, uh, that you might be comfortable. But we believe that God has actually been doing a work in our lives in the midst of this, sometimes in the midst of joys, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of pain, uh, but believing he is at work in different people's lives and in different ways. And so we would love to hear what those stories have been over these past few months. Now returning back to verse one. This longing and this craving to experience more of God through his word feels like is sandwiched between love others and then he says this, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Why, why does he choose those words? Just in verse 22 to 25, he said, love others. And then he says, long 
for the pure spiritual milk of the word. And in between that, he says, so put away. What, what feels like is, is tied together in these particular ideas? Because malice could take a lot of different shapes or forms. Being malicious, hurtful towards someone. But then he says, and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Seems like he's tying it deeply to the relationships. And there's a relational emphasis he's putting on on it. Love one another, love others. How do I do that? Because I have envy and slander and hypocrisy and, 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 and malice and, and deceit in my heart. How, how do I get rid of this? You long for the milk of the word and you see this transformation begin to take place in our lives and so, as we taste that goodness of God. And so I just want to walk one by one through these. I don't know how these will land on you, where they might find you, but, but it felt valuable to see up and against the desire, the craving for the word of God, up against the craving, the desire for malice, the desire to hurt through what you say or do, guile or, or deceit, someone who's filled with guile, the desire, that desire, that craving to gain an advantage by deception. Man, watching Survivor, I mean, just right and left, this deception is flying. Hypocrisy, that desire to be known, so we blame, deflect, or pretend. The desire not to be known, right? In that relational setting. And so we deflect, blame, pretend, envy, the desire for a benefit someone else has and resentment that another has it that, that might well up in my life. And the slander, the desire for self-promotion at another's expense, sometimes to deflect attention from our own failings. And so I slander someone else. I, 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 I name something negative about someone else often to take the attention off of me. Instead, Peter's challenging us here. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And I just feel overwhelmed at my ability to do that and see transformation happen at times. And so Peter challenges us like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. And so I got five takeaways and nothing new. It's actually going to be a reflection of the five challenges and commands Peter has had for us in this section. And so I want to revisit them before we turn a corner, knowing that they're going to land on us each differently. Here's, here's where he started. He said, hopefully, I don't know for you if in the midst of the challenges we've been experiencing over the past few months, if your hope is waning, if you begin to doubt is this life with Jesus really better? And is there really a salvation to be longing for? Peter says, hope fully. The desire to see that there is a life beyond this. The desire for greater joy in holiness. Peter challenges us. He says, be holy as I'm holy. God says, be holy. Not in a do more, try harder, making a list of things, but because of the way God has designed life to work actually brings greater joy. 
whether greed starts welling up in your heart and you're like, man, if I, if I just had more stuff, then I'd be happy. If, if I just was able to, oh, if, I, if this room was just a little bit bigger and I just had a little bit more, then I'd be a little happier. And that fight against greed. Man, you know, it, I don't want to go outside and exercise. It's freezing out there, David. Do you know how cold it is? Yeah, but that third donut just sounds delicious. If I just had that third donut, I think I'd just be a little bit happier. My life would be a little bit better. And that fight against gluttony and that desire for greater joy and holiness comes to bear. I mean, you know, I mean, why wait for sex till marriage? I mean, that sounds like a terrible idea. You know how good sex is? It's a wonderful thing. Why would I wait? This sounds wonderful. And yet God says, pursue holiness and wait because there's greater joy in that intimacy being shared within the confines of that marriage relationship. That desire for greater joy and happiness and holiness. Be afraid of not hoping in God. I don't know if you need to wake up to the spiritual reality that we find ourselves in, that this is a spiritual world. The battle isn't against flesh and blood. And so Peter challenges you, if you've been sleeping, wake up and be afraid of not being hopeful. If you've been inundated and lulled to sleep by the other competing values and and things in this life, (laughs) if I start binge watching Survivor for 41 seasons, someone needs to call me out because I don't want to be afraid of not hoping. There's a fear that comes in understanding the holy God who holds our life in his hands. And the experience of joy of letting God's infinite love spill out of us into others. Peter challenged us last week and he said, love others, love those around you within the local family and then This is the good news that was preached to you, that there's faith in Jesus and there's eternity in Jesus. May you share that with others. So if if you're feeling so filled with hope and, and the pursuit of holiness is strong and you are moving forward and it feels more like a holy huddle, maybe the challenge that Peter is calling us to is to actually see that love spill out of us to those around us. And then this morning, long for the word which helps us more fully experience God's goodness. That that maybe, like Eden, who only longs for milk from Casey about once every Sunday, no, she's craving it about every three hours. Maybe we too have three Bibles sitting in our home and all of them have dust on them. Maybe it's actually saying, God, I want to pursue you and long more fully to experience your goodness through your word by revisiting one of the gospels, by reading Peter, or returning to the Psalms. And so I want to pause for about 30 seconds before communion. We we want to celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection through communion, but before we go there, we're going to pause for about 30 seconds, and I just want you to reflect on one of these five for you that is maybe hitting you this week and and where you find yourself. That God, I just want to hope more fully in you. God, I want to pursue more holiness after you. I, I want to be more aware and more fearful of the reality of this life and the temporal brevity of this life. I want to experience the joy of loving others or I want to experience more fully the thirsting and longing for your word. So let's pause for about 30 seconds just to reflect on that.
So as we celebrate communion together, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, I think now is the time (laughs) that there's this free gift of salvation offered through faith that's saying, Jesus, I'm broken, I'm a sinner, and I want to find life in your name. And if that is something you've participated in, that you have put your faith, then we get to celebrate and remember Jesus' sacrifice for us through this bread and cup. And so I'm just going to read the words of Paul as we take the elements together. Paul says this, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we remember Jesus' body sacrificed, and in the same way, Paul continues and says this, about his blood that was spilled. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm gonna invite the worship team up. Stand with me as, uh, as we pray. God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the opportunity to remember your work done for us. And may we hear the words of Peter today that we long and desire and crave to to experience you more fully through your word. Thank you, Jesus, always for your glory, we pray. Amen.